Good morning. Good morning. I'm glad you're all with us. Um, thank you for joining us. If, if there are any problems audio-wise, video-wise, please let us know. We are working with a new program this week and hoping that this is a better solution than what we've been doing. Um, so let us know. This is week number five. Nobody's counting. Um, but this is the fifth week of these online services. We're getting pretty good at certain parts, but um, again, just let us know any advice you have, any any problems that there is. Keep us in the loop because it's hard for us to watch the live stream ourselves. Um, we're going to keep doing this. I keep saying this every week, but got to let you know until that, that glorious day where I can tell you we're having ser uh, service next week. But that has not happened yet, um, so we are going to continue doing online services, continue to stay connected to the Facebook page. I'm ho hoping to get some new stuff out there this week, um, not just me, not just my face, so we're going to see what we can do. Um, but stay tuned for that. Stay connected. Don't lose uh, connection to your brothers and sisters. Don't lose track of their lives and how they're doing um, because it's – it's not as easy as it used to be, um, but it's still not so hard. So stay connected. Um, ties, offerings, missions, giving. Hopefully you saw um, how to give via the website, but I really want to give a thank you. You saw the post hopefully this week from Glad Tidings that we are doing great. We're doing fine um, thanks to the faithfulness of God's people and, of course, God. So thank you um, for your faithful giving and the ability that we have to continue to support our missionaries is huge. Uh, so thank you again. And we're going to do a little bit of worship this morning. And then Steve will come up here. I need you more. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words. More than words can say, I need you more. Than ever before, I need I need you, Lord. Sing it again. I need you. I need you more. More than yesterday, I need you more. More than words can say, I need you. I'll be by your side 
God, that you love us enough to be here, to be in our midst, wherever we are. We thank you, God, for this chance to spend this time together and to glorify your name together as one. We lift your name high, Lord, and we give you all the praise and all the glory. You are worthy. Amen. Amen. All right. Steve, you can work your way up here. I'm very thankful for Steve and his faithfulness to uh, this church to me and to the children. All righty. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? April is flying by. So uh, today, Pastor Chase is going to be starting something cool in Esther. So I'm going to talk to you a little bit about Esther chapter 2. Uh, again, it is an Old Testament book. So we've had Job, we've had Isaiah, now we're in Esther. And it's also uh, one of two books of the Bible that are named after women, which is really cool. So um, there's three kind of main characters in chapter 2. There's uh, King Xerxes, there's Esther, and then uh, her cousin, Mordecai. And what is really cool is uh, Mordecai took Esther in after her parents died. So she was an orphan. Uh, he's an older cousin of her, and he brought her in, and he treated her like his own daughter. So they had a really good relationship. So this whole thing takes place in Persia. It's about 600 miles away from Jerusalem. I saw it on a little map. I did some thing. It's about maybe from Trenton to Myrtle Beach. 
in South Carolina. So you can think of that's how far away. And uh, Esther and Mordecai were Jews. They were away from Jerusalem. They were in enemy territory. They were exiled from another time, and now they're just there. So they're growing up there. So in the beginning of chapter 2, Prince, uh, Prince Burnt, he would come after me because he's a king. Don't get a king mad. That's one thing you don't want to do. Don't get a king mad. Back in those days, they do crazy stuff. So King Xerxes didn't have a queen at the moment. He, was, he needed a queen. So one thing about uh, kings is they collected many things, all right? They collected wealth and treasure and jewelry. They collected land to expand their territory. And they collected people as well, maybe for trophies, maybe just for, like, look what I got. This is my kingdom. These are my servants. These are my slaves type of thing. So he had to find a queen. So he sent people out to collect all the beautiful women in the province or in his land. He said, bring them. And they was going to come to him and see, you know, if he could find a new queen. So if they were rejected, there was another place they would be sent. So he'd still have them. They're still his. No one else is going to have them, but they would be have a very boring life. They're just sitting in a room with each other, gabbing. All you ladies gabbing. Meh, 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 meh. All the girls gabbing. I don't know why I'm harping on that. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going to move on. So then they would come. There would be a certain moment where they'd be pre presented to the king. And now if he liked you, boom, you're looking queen. If not, you never saw his face again. So Esther uh, was chosen because apparently she was very beautiful. Uh, she was very pretty. She had an awesome look about her. So when everyone was gathering, there was this um, this guy. It begins with an H. I can't remember his name at the moment. I want to say Haggai, but that's another book in the Bible. And I don't think that was it. So this this guy, he was protector of those of those women, and he realized how beautiful Esther was, and he 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 started doing stuff like he gave her a special food to eat, a special place, and some other stuff, and he 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 took care of her. So there was a certain moment where all the women would come. And then they like parade in, you know, maybe do some spend some time talking or maybe do something. But uh, when it was Esther's turn, oh, the king, King Xerxes was like, that's the one. He was captivated. He said, boom, he got the crown and he made her queen. And she wasn't like the other one where they were would never see it again. But she didn't have as many rights, you know, as a woman. She didn't have the rights, but she had a little more, a little more freedom, but not that much, because there are certain things you could do with the king. There are certain protocols, and I, I think we'll find out about that a little bit later. So we have King Xerxes, Esther, and Mordecai. Also, so don't forget about I want don't want to forget about Mordecai, because later on, after Esther became queen, there was two other guys that were kind of the kings, like you know, they guarded certain places for him, and they they kind of got mad and they they wanted to kill him. They wanted to assassinate him. And Mordecai was in a place of favor. He was a, a palace official, and he overheard it. So he brought that to Esther. Esther reported it to the king. They found out it was true. They got those guys, and they killed them. Wow. And then it was recorded in this special book for the king to look back and see what happened in his reign. So that was kind of cool. And then one of the things I know that happened all through all of this that Esther was favored. 
she was favored because, like, she was an orphan, but she had family. In an enemy place, she had family that took her in and raised her up like a daughter. So Mordecai favored her. Then there was the guard at this other place where all the women were kept. And he favored her because he saw something in her. And he took care of her, gave her special food, things of that nature, kept her safe. And then she was favored by Xerxes. She became queen. So through all of that, one of it makes me think of God's sovereignty. Do you guys remember that word? Sovereignty? Supreme! Right? Supreme authority. Feels like God is setting something up here, which is pretty cool. She, Esther is now in a great position, and even Mordecai is in a good position as well. And these were people in an enemy land. And God is setting up something big to happen. And I want you guys to remember that God favors you. If you are seeking and believing and having a relationship with God, keep doing those things. And God will put you in moments where he'll favor you. You'll have the favor of the Lord Most High upon you. And you will shake mountains in his name. You will break the earth in his name and things will happen. And God's glory will be shown because you are doing the things you are supposed to do. And his favor will be upon you. So keep that in your head. I have some challenges. All right. One called Fastinesia. That was a game achievement for one of my games. So it popped in my head. So I want you to create a new look either with clothes or draw it out, you know, maybe something's burning in your head, you want to try something new, have a little fashion show, or create, draw something you think you would want to do, that's pretty cool. I have a game called Assassin, so I don't know if you guys have clothespins, find a clothespin, or a post-it, or a paperclip, or something that's going to stick, maybe get some tape and a little piece of paper, and right, so from Monday, 12 p.m., to Friday, 12 p.m., you have a time, so only one person can be Assassin at a time, and pick who starts, and you want to go and place that object on someone's back, and it has to stay there for a minute without them knowing it's there. All right? Once it's there for a minute, boom, you got that. You, you assassinated them. All right? And then now they're the assassin, and they have to go around and do that. So keep a tally of what's going on. Have some fun with that. And then here's something kind of hard, maybe, for you guys. Find an unwanted household chore that no one likes to do, and do it. Sometimes you got to do those things, and I bet your parents will have a favor on you because you're helping out and doing that. And even more, God will see it. And he'll have favor on you, I believe. Also, Bible quiz. Boop, 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 boop. Esther, chapter 2, 16 through 20. Memorize that, okay? So this is just chapter 2. So we're going to find out maybe later on what's going to happen with, you know, Esther and Mordecai. What's going to go on? We'll find out next week on Sunday Storytime. God word come to life. And now back to Pastor Chase. Wow. 
All right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, getting better each week, I told you. <laughs> All righty. So we are starting this Esther series. Uh, before I get started, I just want to open in some prayer real quick. Heavenly Father, thank you, God, that you love us. Thank you that you are here. Thank you that you are with us. Thank you that you see us, care about us, that you act on our behalf. Lord, we need you right now. We need your favor in our lives. We need you to look upon us, to hear our prayers. We thank you, God, that all this is possible because of what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right. So, Esther series. I'm looking forward to this. Um, to be honest, I'll be honest here. Uh, that's one of one of the things I started with the youth group a long time ago. I said I just want to be honest, and so I'm going to do the same thing here. Um, it's tough to, to find a random random sermon each week. Series help pastors a lot, and uh, so I was like, well, I gotta find something because this is dragging on a bit. So. Um, I picked Esther because, one, um, Esther is definitely one of those stories, one of those books that people uh, probably follow the VeggieTales idea of it a little too much. Um, by the way, I, I really like the VeggieTales movie of this. It does a very good job of um, taking the principles of this story and using them. Uh, however, it, there's a lot of seriousness to the book of Esther. Um, so I just, I knew this, but I also, I wanted to do it for myself, wanted to challenge myself. Um, I know that there's more for me to learn about Esther. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. I'm looking really, really looking forward to it. Um, but we need to get started. And we're in chapter two, but I'm going to start in chapter one. Um, and you can, you can follow along a little bit if you want, but I'm not reading any verses here. Chapter 1 starts off, King Xerxes, he is the king of the time, the Jews are in captivity, and King Xerxes has a big party, that's, he has a big party, that's really it, it goes on and describes that for quite a while, but it's a really big party, and he asks, or sends, probably not even asks, but demands that his queen come, that his queen Vashti would show up. And she refuses to come. She was having a grand old time herself with the women, and she did not want to come. Um, so this was not very uh, smart for her to do. Um, and it, the king was very disappointed and very upset about this. As a result, he decided to make her an example of what happens to people who are out of line with the king. And like Steve said, you do not want to be out of line with the king. You do not want to make the king angry. And he decided to make her an example. So he did so by getting rid of her and by um, publicly doing so. And as a result, uh, he realized later, hey, I don't have a queen. And his, he gathered his wise men, his smart people, and um, his gurus, I guess. And they decided that the search for a new queen needed to be started. And it cracks me up because they say, hey, let's get all the people together, all the beautiful young virgins. We'll bring them all here. You'll get to meet them all. 
and um, it says that the king agreed. He thought this was a good idea, <laughs> really. Uh, you probably could be able to tell that by the character of this king anyway. And so it starts. They look for all the beautiful young virgins, and they're all brought into the palace or into the care of the palace officials, um, which would be the eunuchs or the royal officials. That word is translated different throughout the Bible. But that's where we find ourselves. We find ourselves in the middle of that, the search for a queen, and that's where we're going to get started in chapter 2. And I do want to talk about, like Steve had already mentioned, the fact that the Lord had favor on Esther. It's all throughout the book of Esther, but especially in this second chapter, the whole chapter is dedicated to the fact that Esther had favor here, had favor there. And we're going to go through that and talk about that and why she had favor, how she got favor, and and the reason for all this favor in her life. The first thing I want to talk about is the fact that she was created to have this favor in this time. She was created for this because verse 7 says that she was beautiful and had a lovely figure. So it's very clear that physically she was attractive, that physically she had what it took, that physically she was very beautiful. And God created her that way. That's just a fact. God created her to have favor in this way. It's no lie that we are all created different from one another and even in appearance, right? We are different from each other in all kinds of ways, but even in appearance. Saul, if you remember his story, he was also made king by God's will. It was God's will for Saul to be king. But he was supported by all the people because of his looks. It's the Bible tells us that he stood a head taller than anyone else, that he was handsome, that he looked strong, and healthy. He looked like a king and they made him king and the people loved it. First Samuel ten twenty three through 24 says they ran and brought him out as he stood among the people. He was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There was no one like him among all the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. And we see that God used the way that he had already created them, even physically. Here's the opposite of that. Well, not quite the opposite, but, but definitely on the other side of the spectrum. Jesus was not created for a position like Saul's. The people wanted Jesus to be in the position like Saul's. They wanted Jesus to be their king and to overthrow the Romans. But Jesus was not created for that. Isaiah 53 verse 2 says that he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. Jesus, even physically, was created to not have favor in this way, but to have it in other ways. And God used those looks, those, uh, the way that he had created Jesus, God used the way that he created Saul. And in the same way, God used the way that he created Esther. Now, again, looks, are, of course, are not the only difference between us, but they do show us that God 
can even use them, that, that there's even a purpose behind them. And we can get caught up in whichever way we look. But there are examples in both cases in the Bible. It's all throughout there. God can use either way. God's bigger than those. God created you, and he created you that way for a purpose. Esther was created to have favor in this time. But not only was she created to have favor, but she acted to earn this favor. She acted in order to earn this favor. Verse 9 says that she pleased him and won his, which is Haggai. Uh, Steve, you're very close. <laughs> um, H-E-G-A-I. She pleased him and won his favor. Immediately he provided her, uh, he was the royal official, by the way. He provided her with beauty treatments and special food. He assigned to her seven female attendants, selected from the king's palace, and moved her and her attendants into the best place in the harem. And it says that when she was sent to the king, that she didn't ask for more than she should. She only asked for what he told her to ask for. And these actions earned her favor. She earned favor with Haggai and as a result was put in a good position. And this, I feel like, is an underestimated point um, in Christianity that acting like a Christian can earn us favor in this world. Now, it doesn't always, and that should never be expected. However, when we are honest and true at our work site, we can earn favor that way because people know what is right and what is wrong and somebody who does what is right can earn favor that way something goes the other way i'll be fair there but oftentimes we can earn favor because we are acting like christ calls us to act proverbs 3 3 through 4 says let love and faithfulness never leave you bind them around your neck write them on the tablet of your heart then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of god the most important, and man. It comes along with it sometimes, oftentimes. And the Proverbs are not meant to be taken as pure promises that it's always going to wind up that way, that man will always love you, because that is clearly not true. Man did not even love Jesus, not all men. But favor with man does come with following the statutes of God. In fact, it, it's a command from God that we should live at peace with all men, as far as it depends on us, Romans chapter 12 tells us that as best we can, we're supposed to live at peace with all men. In Romans chapter 14, 17 through 18 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Spirit. People love a joyful person. That's just a fact. People love a peaceful person, a righteous person, someone who does what is right. It's pleasing to God, and we can receive human approval. And we are, of course, supposed to act righteously and like a Christian should because we need God's favor. It's never to earn the favor of man, but oftentimes it does come with it. And in this case, Esther received favor from man because of her actions. 
Jesus also had favor with man. Now, I know it didn't last, and it didn't last with all people, but Luke 2.52 says, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. And I know we know that verse pretty well. It speaks to all four parts of, uh, of that make us up, um, the mind, the, the body, the spiritual, and the social, right? And the social part comes through acting like Christ. Jesus himself had favor with men. So Esther had favor because of the way she acted, but not only because of the way she acted, but because of who she listened to. She listened to Mordecai's wisdom. I don't know how much older Mordecai was than her, but I'm sure it was decent enough because he raised her, uh, even though he was her cousin, he raised her. And verse 10 says that Esther not revealed her nationality and family background because Mordecai had forbidden her to do so. And it's just a fact that if she had revealed these things, she would not be where she was. And that's not to say she was scared, or although she may have been. It's not to say that she was, but she was listening, rather, to the godly wisdom of her godly cousin, Mordecai, who had raised her. He was basically her father. And she listened to him. It is, again, no lie that we ought to listen to the godly advice in our lives. I talked about this, I think, during one of my midweek things, um, maybe even last week, I can't remember, <laughs> that we need to listen to authority. We need to listen to godly authority, though. We need to listen to the people who give us godly wisdom. We do not need to listen to people because people's wisdom but we need to listen to people who have the wisdom of God, people who have earned or gained that wisdom from God. The Bible commands us to listen to the wise slash our parents, which would be, again, a similar thing. Uh, the wise, they're, they're the ones who have experienced much as children. Children out there, listen to your parents. They are the wise in your situation they have the authority as well in your situation and we are called by scripture to listen to them proverbs twelve fifteen says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes but a wise man listens to advice and again the proverbs aren't commands that are are set in stone and they aren't promises that's always going to work out perfectly but they are guidelines for what life looks like what happens when we listen to advice we are called wise man or wise woman jesus again great example jesus always listened to the wisdom of the father john five nineteen says that jesus gave them this answer very truly i tell you the son can do nothing by himself he can do only what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does the son does also now many of you parents uh, have heard um, do as I say, not as I do. But we have a perfect example in Jesus, a perfect example in the Father, as Jesus had, who we can follow as he says and as he does. And that is what Jesus did. But again, those godly examples who do do right, we follow them. We look like them. We make every effort to live 
like them. She had favor because she listened to Mordecai's wisdom. And lastly, she had supernatural favor. So this covers the rest of it. This covers everything that doesn't make sense. Verse 15, the latter part of it, and the beginning of 17, uh, say, And Esther won the favor of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Xerxes in the royal residence in the 10th month, the month of Tibet, in the seventh year of his reign. Now the king was attracted to Esther more than any of the other women, and she won his favor and approval more than any of the other virgins. These things, at this point, it's, it's unexplainable. Everyone who saw her had favor on her. The king was just attracted to her more than any of the other ones by far. These things were destined by God. They were planned by God, and they were made to happen by God. And this is an awesome point. No lie that God's people can be favored for no reason. And by no reason, I just mean in our own eyes that it would make, wouldn't make sense to us. And it doesn't make sense why Esther would have had this much favor with people who just saw her and with every single person who saw her and then with the king who saw many women. Another situation that makes no sense is when God caused the Egyptians to have favor on the Israelites. Even after all the plagues, he caused the Egyptians to have favor so that the Israelites would leave with wealth. Exodus 3.21 says, And I will make the Egyptians favorably disposed towards this people, so that when you leave, you will not go empty-handed. Favor that makes no sense. And I know some of you have experienced this probably in your lives, in the workplace, um, among your peers. Favor that just doesn't make sense. They just love you for no reason, that they bless you for no reason. But of course, there is a reason, and that is that God makes it happen, that God causes this supernatural favor. So we've talked about a lot of favor, a lot of favor that Esther had, and some of it seems like it's for no reason. Um, Some of it is because of what she did, so you could say she earned it. But ultimately, it all comes from the Lord. She was created for this favor. She followed the Lord's commands. She followed the godly wisdom of Mordecai, and she had supernatural favor. It all comes from the Lord. And so why did she have all this favor from the Lord? Because Esther is actually living very well in this situation. As we can see from the situation she was put in by Haggai, She's in a good situation. She's at the top of the totem pole as far as all the um, virgins or all the women who are living under the palace. She's at the top of that. So why did the Lord favor her so? It's crucial that we recognize the reason why all of this took place. First of all, it was not... For Esther's benefit. Although Esther is benefiting at this time, although Esther is is in a good position now, it was not for this reason. Not by any means. The church 
and especially the church in America needs to stop believing that we are going to receive some kind of glory in this life. We were not intended to. Scripture does not tell us we will. Glory in this life is meant to go only to God and even in the, the next life or in the eternal life. Scripture speaks of us receiving our glory when we receive our heavenly bodies and all those things that we talked about during Easter time. But not during this life. We were not created for our own glory. If you read the Genesis story, we were not created for our own glory. Why then, when he has done everything to purchase us back from walking away from him, why should we receive any of the glory now? It was not for Esther's benefit, and none of the favor that we ever receive in this life is for our benefit alone. It was for a greater good as well. It was to save her people. Now I know I just gave it all away. Oh my. But we're going to continue to look into all these things as we, as we continue to progress. But she ends up saving her people, all her people who were in captivity and who were under a much greater um, danger later on in the book, as we'll see. She was created for this reason. She was given favor for this reason, for the greater good, for people. God loves you, but not just you. And this is a important thing to recognize. My Pastor from my home church, Pastor Brian Donicky, he often said, it is true that if you were the only person on earth, Christ would have died for you. But you're not the only person on earth, and you're not the only person that Christ died for. And we need to recognize this. Every person out there, every person that we see and meet and have contact with, Christ died for them. And if we forget that, then we will live as though all the favor in our lives is for our benefit. All the blessings we have is for our own good. But when we recognize that Christ died for all, and we are just a part of that body, we can acknowledge the fact that we are supposed to be giving into that body. We are supposed to be a part of that body and not act like we can do anything on our own, as First uh, Corinthians chapter 12 talks about, the ear cannot say to the eye that it, it doesn't need the eye because the ear can't do what the eye can do. We need to recognize this every day. So it was not for Esther's benefit, but it was for the greater good. And ultimately, and this is the point, and this, I say this a lot, it was for God's glory. For God's glory. We're going to talk about this a lot more because that's what Esther and Mordecai's life, that's what they're all about. God's glory. But we have to understand this in order to understand why Esther was so favored. If we took chapter 2 by itself, we would be uh, very messed up in what we thought God was giving favor for. But when you continue to read, you will recognize that it's all for God's glory. And this is what we were created for. We were not created for our own glory, but we were created for God's. 
When we fell away, God stepped in, and he did what only he could do and gave his son for us. And now we again have the opportunity to give him glory. And we have the opportunity to give him glory forever in eternity, as we talked about last week. God has created us for glory, for his glory. And when we live eternally with him, that's what we will give him every day. I hope you look forward to that as much as I do. We're going to continue in this Esther series. I would encourage you to read through the book of Esther. You can read through it as we go, but I would encourage you maybe read it every single week. By the end of this, we will all have a good grasp on the book of Esther. I look forward to the future weeks and learning more from God's word. Let's pray this morning. Lord, I thank you that you have favor on your people, that you see us, that you have a purpose for us, that all this favor has a purpose, Lord, that these blessings that you have given over and over and over again to your church and to your people, that they all have a reason, and Lord, that it's all for your glory. We recognize this today, Lord, and we declare today that you will be glorified in our lives. Lord, you deserve it all, and we give it all to you. Lord, thank you for this morning, for your word, for the book of Esther. Help us to learn deeply what you want to speak to us through this book. Help us to get it into our hearts so that we won't forget it and that we will live out, that we will live like Esther lived, like your son lived. Lord, we love you and we praise you. We give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Alrighty, we will see you next week. If you have any prayer requests, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, continue to stay connected to the Facebook page. If you have anything you would like to see on the Facebook page, let us know. We're trying to get better at this. We're trying to accommodate um, everything that we can. Uh, I hope that this was a good week for you guys, and I'm continuing to pray for you all. I feel like Paul, when he was in prison, and he kept writing about the fact that he couldn't wait to visit these churches. I can't wait to see you all again, um, but until then, I pray uh, for you and I pray that God will make a way soon.